the teams you care about. Well, the Patriots have some soul-searching to do, and they've got a long off-season now to figure out the answers. The stories that matter to you. Well, UVM certainly put Stony Brook and the rest of the conference on notice with that performance. And now this is the team we wanted to see out of the Catamounts. This is your home for New England sports. All right, football's over. Let's get the lockout over, too. Let's get to baseball. I need the Red Sox back. This is the Brady Farkas Show on WDEB-AM, FM, and WDEBradio.com. What's up, everybody? Brady Farkas Show. It is a Monday on WDEB-AM and FM and WDEBradio.com. It is a Monday, but it is not just any Monday. It is Monday of Super Bowl week. We're counting down to Bengals and Rams from Los Angeles. And in doing so, we are bringing you... The, the a week of shows that it's the most exciting week of shows we have on our yearly calendar. It is our Radio Row Super Bowl extravaganza. I didn't need to go to Los Angeles. I thought about going to Los Angeles, but didn't need to go to L.A. to bring you all the coverage you want, all the coverage you need, and all the things you've come to expect out of Radio Row. We are bringing you Radio Row right from here. Radio Row at home. We are, we have, the staff has worked really hard to put this week together and the guest list is still growing. We are going to have an absolute blast. You can, you know, listen to us on WDEV AM and FM. You can always stream us at WDEVradio.com. You've got the podcast channel after the fact and you can watch the show live on Facebook Live. So any number of ways to be a part of our Radio Row coverage, our Radio Row at home coverage, and we are pumped about it. If you don't know what Radio Row is, if you're listening right now and you're wondering, what the hell is he talking about? Every single year, between 150 and probably 200 radio stations descend on the Super Bowl host city. And in this case, that's Los Angeles. And for the whole week, these stations do their show from a giant convention center. And we're all kind of lined up here in a line, car wash style. And there's fans there watching these shows there are athletes, entertainers, actors, actresses, musicians. Everybody is there, and a lot of them will come and do a ton of shows along why we, what we call Radio Row. So they're all there, and it's all the stars in one spot. And a lot of people that, frankly, we could never get in any other setting, you could only get at Radio Row. That's like the appeal of going to Radio Row, is being in the middle of all the action and getting all the guests that you couldn't get otherwise. We have worked extremely hard to replicate that experience from our studio. And if there's one positive, one godforsaken positive that the pandemic has given us, it's the ability to do virtual interviews easier and do phone interviews easier. And those stars that usually are just hanging around Radio Row doing car wash style interviews, they're willing to come on with us on the phone or on webcam type stuff. Maybe we've got to tape it in advance. So we are bringing on a huge amount of guests over the course of the next five days. And in Radio Row fashion, we're starting it off today with only two guests. We've got two great guests coming up today. And as we go throughout the rest of the week, we will continue to just add on and add on and add on. The names will be big. They will come from football to talk about the game. We've got some great baseball guests coming on. A positive for me of not going to L.A. And look, I've done Radio Row four times. I love it. I think it's very, very cool. 
but you're restricted to who is just walking around you. And there's a lot of good people walking around me, around you. Trust me, that's true. But our entire Rolodex is open. I've been doing this job now for eight years. And this is the week where I get to just throw my entire Rolodex out and just see who we can get on this show. And I promise you, if you stick with us for all five days, I think you're going to be very, very impressed and very, very excited at some of the people that we've already got confirmed. We've got some people with some local ties. We've got some people with some extreme national ties. But everybody, I believe, is somebody you're going to be interested in hearing from. So I am very very excited about this week of shows. Former NFL offensive lineman, he played with the Patriots, does a lot of media stuff now. Ross Tucker is stopping by today at about 6.10. He'll be with us live from Radio Row. Miguel Benzin, who is actually a fan just like you and me, but he covers all things Patriots salary cap related. It's one of the more interesting people that we could bring on. Like, How does a guy who has a family and a job make time for a second job where he's not even paid covering the Patriots' salary cap, and he's doing it better than people who actually do it for a living. Miguel Benzin is going to be with us coming up at about 6.40. So, um, ton to get to, lots to get to all week. Again, Facebook Live is up. Appreciate everybody who's listening there. I know Frank is already in on the Facebook Live channel, so uh, let's get right to it, everybody. You can get in on the Napa Morrisville, Napa Waterbury text line. That's 802-585-3026. Again, your locally owned Napa stores in Waterbury and Morrisville. Everybody? Five, four, three, two, one. And here we go. The opening thoughts on the Brady Farkas Show are brought to you by Sticks and Stuff and by Swanton Lumber, Vermont's most complete locally owned home center with locations in Enosburg, Derby, Middlesex, St. Albans, and at Swanton Lumber. They're online at sticksandstuff.com. In addition to bringing on great guests this week, we're also going, we're going to mix those great guests in with our usual show content. I did not want to just make the entire show nothing but interviews and have no continuity to it so we do have guests we'll have a lot of guests this week but they will be within the confines of our show and my very first question for everybody out there facebook live the text line anybody listening we certainly wish that this radio row week was kicking off a week in which we were talking about a patriot super bowl we're not. We're talking about Rams and Bengals. I wish we were talking about the Patriots getting back to the Super Bowl. So my question for the room is this. In order for the Patriots to be back in this game next year, what is the one thing the Patriots have to do? We all know, right, no team is perfect. No team is just probably one move away. There's multiple moves on the chessboard the Patriots need to do or we want them to do this offseason. What is the one thing that they need to do above all others in order to get back? Napa Morrisville, Napa Waterbury text line, Facebook Live is open. Your one thing the Pats need to do to get back to the Super Bowl. For me, that one thing is pretty obvious. They need to hire the right offensive coordinator. This team has lost Josh McDaniels. They need to replace him with the right hire. It might not be sexy to talk coordinator hirings, it's, but that is the number one thing the Pats need to do. If we want them back in the Super Bowl next year, hiring the right offensive coordinator, 
That's the answer. That is the thing that is numero uno, priority number one. It goes right to the top. Hiring the right offensive coordinator is more important than re-signing J.C. Jackson. It's more important than drafting well. It's more important than getting a slot receiver. All things we want the Pats to do, hiring the right offensive coordinator is number one. And the reason why is simple. Everything the Patriots do moving forward rides on Mac Jones and his development and his growth. You have to make a hire that helps him achieve everything he needs to achieve in order to get this team to the Super Bowl again. I have my doubts on Mac Jones, you know this, but assuming we're rolling with him at the quarterback position, the offensive coordinator hire is the most important thing the Patriots will do this offseason. I don't know if you liked Josh McDaniels or not. I don't know if you thought he was a good play caller or whatever. But he's somebody that was incredibly stable. We took him for granted. His relationship with Tom Brady, it was just always a given that they were going to work well together and that they were going to be, you know, they were going to be uh, intertwined and this, the thing was just going to work. We no longer have that anymore. It's no longer a given. That synergy that Brady had with McDaniels was paramount to the Patriots' success of the past. We have to find a way. The team has to find a way to get a person in here that brings that synergy with Mac Jones. Somebody who knows the system or can easily pick it up. Someone who Mac Jones trusts. Someone who he can work well with. And by the way, they need to hire somebody that can work with Mac Jones real soon. I have told you for months. Months. The Patriots are on a five-year plan with Mac Jones. They can win the Super Bowl while he's on his rookie contract. They're, they're, they're already one year in. Four years seems like a long time. It's not. The Patriots need to hire somebody who can be good on day one with Mac. You are on a time crunch. There is no time for feeling each other out there is no time for a learning curve for mac and the new guy there's no time for in-season growing pains you have to take advantage of the mac jones rookie contract window and that means you're hitting the ground running from day one no wasted time i watched the seahawks this past year hire shane waldron as their new offensive coordinator and the team the whole season came and gone i didn't know what their identity was I saw the Seahawks just kind of fumble around and stumble through the season, and they wasted a year of Russell Wilson's career. We cannot afford to have the Patriots waste a year of Mac Jones' development because then they'd only have three years left on that rookie contract. And again, it sounds like a lot, but it's not. Three years is not a long time. Four years is not a long time. You need to win and you need to win big, and you need to win soon. And if you are going to do that, hiring the right offensive coordinator, that is priority number one. That's priority number one. That supersedes everything else. This team will go as Mac Jones can go. We've talked all year about quarterbacks and how special they are, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mahomes, Burrow, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, it's all about the quarterback. This team will go as Mac Jones can go, 
And you've got to find the guy who will work with Mac Jones, work well with him, and work well soon with him. 802-585-3026, Napa-Morrisville, Napa-Waterbury text line. Uh, we get a text in that says, yes, you're right. However, in Belichick, we trust. So that's good. I mean, I guess you're agreeing with me, but you're saying you trust Bill to find the right person. couple other comments coming in here on Facebook Live. Joseph says the Patriots need to go after a big-name wideout like Devontae Adams. I would love for them to go after Devontae Adams. However, even if you have Devontae Adams but you have the wrong coordinator, it's probably not going to matter. Um, let's see. We've got uh, Frank who says, bring back Brady and Gronk and no distractions. Uh, replacing McDaniels is... I can't read what that says. Uh, yeah, we're not bringing back Brady and Gronk, though. Frank, look, hey, that's that's nice. We're not bringing back Brady and Gronk. So, um, okay, there you go. But, yeah, number one for me, hire the right offensive coordinator. That's the answer. We've heard some of the names. Bill O'Brien is out there. Adam Gase is out there. We keep hearing those two names. We will... As the week goes on, and with guests we have on, et cetera, we will kind of uncover what we think of those two candidates and anybody else that's out there. But hiring the right offensive coordinator is priority number one because Mac Jones is the guy that's going to stir the drink for this team. You've got to get the guy that can work with him. All right. Usually our guest is at 545, but in Radio Row, anything goes. Ross Tucker is going to stop by. He is going to join us here at about 6.10. Virginia in Starksboro. Is Charlie Weiss still alive? Yes, Charlie Weiss is still alive. Charlie Weiss is doing radio on Sirius XM. I don't know that Charlie Weiss has any interest in coaching or that the Patriots would have any, ish, uh, any desire to bring him back. But yes, Charlie Weiss is still alive. So Ross Tucker comes up in about 25 minutes from now. We come back. UVM men's basketball beats UMass Lowell on Saturday. They moved to 10-0 and inside conference play. I'll tell you my takeaways, including what I really liked about that Catamount win. That's next, right here on the Brady Farkas Show on DEV. Now it's back to the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. Well, already had flub number one there. We had perfect radio row at home uh, returns here to play and i didn't play him so we had we had our big voice guy and then danny the director of vermont viewpoint who worked tirely on this tirelessly on this and then i didn't play it i will be better after the six o'clock hour i will not screw it up i will play the proper things that everybody worked so hard on texts keep coming in uh, we get one message in that says adam gase no 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 for the pats offensive coordinator i'd rather bring bring back bill o'brien then travis says that gase would be a great offensive coordinator he knows the division his philosophy is based around the running game he was a bad head coach but he would make a great coordinator like i said we're going to sift through o'brien gase and anybody else that comes up here we're going to do that over the course of the week, because I've actually got some thoughts as well on uh, Bill O'Brien versus Adam Gase specifically. But I want to get now to UVM men's basketball. Catamounts win against UMass Lowell on Saturday afternoon. Final score, 78-67. to UVM 18-4 and on the year, 10-0 and inside league play. A few takeaways from this game for me. One, I thought this game was a really good test for UVM because it required them 
to overcome some adversity. And they haven't had a lot of adversity since league play started. UVM was up more than 20 in the second half. With like eight minutes to go, UVM was up by more than 20. They were in complete command. And then Lowell goes on a 17 to nothing run. And all of a sudden, with two minutes to play, it's a four-point game. Now, I don't like seeing UVM blow big leads. And this is actually the second time that that's happened here. They did it against Hartford at home in, like, you know, maybe their second or third conference game of the year. But it is good to see some adversity, especially when it's been a while since you've really dealt with it. If you want to win the conference tournament and you want to win a game in the NCAA tournament, you need to be battle-tested, and you need to know that you can handle another team's best punch. And when you go scoreless for, like, seven minutes, as UVM did, when you allow a 17 to nothing run, you are taking on some real adversity, and you are taking on Lowell's best punch there. And the fact that you were able to get back into it, remain composed, Justin Missoula hit a huge three to take it from four to seven with like maybe just under two minutes to play. Um, That shows a lot of character to blow a 20 point lead, to get it down to four and then to come back, hit a big three, hit a couple of free throws. You're on the road. It's a weird time slot. It's one o'clock. You're used to playing at night. I think that's a good win for UVM. And I think it's good that they went through a tough stretch there. Again, I don't like seeing my team blow 20-point games, but to show that kind of fight, that kind of composure on the road, that shows some mental toughness and some real fortitude. And I think that was big. I think that was big for UVM. The main takeaway, though, for me, the main positive takeaway, though, for me on Saturday is Saturday was the epitome of what I've been saying all year. Saturday is the epitome of why you need stars on your roster. I have always said, since right back to day one of this season, if UVM wants to be great, not just good, if they want to be great, they need to have stars, and then they need their stars to play like stars. There have been blowout wins where Ben Shungu and Ryan Davis haven't had to play 35 minutes a night, and they've gotten by you know, being the third or fourth leading scorers on the roster. But Saturday, that's why you need stars, and that's why you need stars who can close. Because the bench, it's a nice luxury. The bench cannot be counted on to carry you. The bench got 51 points against NJIT. Again, it's a nice luxury. It's not reality. Reality is what happened to you on Saturday afternoon. Your bench scored nine points. All nine came from Aaron Deloney. You only had six scores in the game. When that happens, who's going to carry you? That's got to be your stars, and it was. It's not reality that your bench is going to put up 51 points and you can absorb your stars just kind of floating through a game. That's not reality. Reality When you're a 13 seed in the NCAA tournament, reality is your bench shrinks, your bench scores nine points, and somebody's got to carry you offensively, and that somebody is your go-to guys. Ben Shungu gets 24, Ryan Davis gets 20, and you win the game. That's what it comes down to. 
Shungu gets 24. Davis gets 20. A couple other guys in the starting lineup chip in with double figures. I think Missoula has 11 and Powell has 12. So your starting lineup carried you at a time when your bench didn't do bupkis outside of Deloney. You need those guys to be great. And they are great. And they've shown that they can be great consistently. And you're going to need them to be great if you want to win big-time games. I have high hopes for this team. I was listening to Isaiah Powell this weekend. I love our team right now. I feel like it's great. Uh, feels a lot, a lot of new pieces and new coaches, but I feel like we're meshing together really well, and we still have a lot of room to improve, which is uh, a good thing. I feel really good about this team. I am really excited about this team. They are a veteran team. They're an older team. They're, they have a great guard, and they have a great big man. This team has the ability to do everything. They can play great suffocating defense. They can rebound. They can hit their free throws. They have the ability to shoot you out of the gym on any given night. And they have great veteran leadership. And they're great at the two spots that matter. They have a great big and they have a great guard. I'm very excited about this team. I think this team has a chance to go 18-0 and inside conference play. I think this team has an opportunity to get a 13 seed in the NCAA tournament. And if they can get that, I think they can win a tournament game. I've said it before and been wrong that they could win tournament games. I feel very good about this team right now. But if it's going to happen, Shungu and Davis have to carry you. And they showed on Saturday they have the ability to do so. And that's what UVM will need. It's the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Again, the Napa-Morrisville-Napa Waterbury text line is open. Facebook Live is open as well, so everybody can get in here with their comments. There is one negative, though. There was one negative from Saturday, and it's been a negative now for a little while, and I told you about it last week, and it continues to be a problem. Where has Finn Sullivan gone? Where has Finn Sullivan gone? Finn Sullivan had two points on Saturday. Now, in his defense, those two points were the best two points of the day. And off Sullivan, down the left alley, up with the right, and it's a right-handed poster! Oh, Finn Sullivan just caught a major body! Oh, Finn! Yeah, catching a major body, that is... College, uh, college kid slang for threw down on somebody. It was the best two points of the afternoon. That said, highlight notwithstanding, this has become all too familiar of a theme now with Finn Sullivan. He had a three-game stretch where he scored 18, 20, and then 19 points. And since then, in six games, five points, eight points, five points, three points, zero points, two points they need more from him they need more for him i do i believe that finn sullivan adds something to this team he's long he's experienced he's athletic he can shoot he's the kind of guy who has shown he can be a game wrecker and if you're starting to think about an ncaa tournament game i've always said the recipe stars play like stars and get that third performance from somebody else Finn Sullivan, he can be that guy. 
And he hasn't been that guy now for three weeks, and i got to figure out what's up. He's in the starting lineup. He's playing 25 to 35 minutes a night, and he's getting two points, zero points, three points. That's a problem. Your stars played like stars. That's what I asked for. One, you got double figures from Malone, from uh, Missoula and Powell on on Saturday. So you know it's okay because the 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 zero burger essentially from Sullivan was largely hidden. But I want I want to see the guy who's got the twenty point potential again. He doesn't have to get twenty every night. Can he get eight? Can he get twelve? Can he get fourteen? Can he be? In another team's head, can he be in their scouting report that this is a guy we have to pay attention to? Because right now, he's not that player. Right now, he's not a guy that teams have to worry about. And when I get to the tournament, and I'm that 13 seed playing a four, I want to know that guys just can't totally key on Davis and Shungu. They've got to worry about other people, and right now, Finn Sullivan is not somebody that anybody's worrying about. We know what's in there. We've seen it. It's inside of him. Where did it go? That's what I want to know. I'm going to talk with Coach Brendan tomorrow. That interview is going to appear on the podcast channel because we've got all of our Radio Row stuff. But I will still be talking with Coach Brendan tomorrow. And that's going to be, that might be question number one. How do you get a guy who is scuffling going again? 2019 and 18 in three consecutive games. Six for six from three in one of those games. It's there. But it hasn't been there for a while. It's the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Catamounts are going to be back at it Wednesday night. Patrick Jim against Binghamton. And a Binghamton team, Binghamton team that's been surprising this year. Way better than they've been in years past. I'm looking forward to seeing the Bearcats come to town. We're going to have some more stuff on UVM at about 6.30, by the way, because something else I said about UVM was proven right this weekend. So I'll tell you what that is at about 6.30. But we'll get the national news update from CBS News, and then Radio Row, the guest list, it kicks off. Former NFL offensive lineman and media mogul Ross Tucker. He's going to stop by with us next right here on WDEV AM and FM. Welcome back to Radio Row at Home on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. Welcome back in. Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. I want to remind you that when the show is over, you can check out the full show podcast on the Brady Farkas Show podcast channel. Just follow us there on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Okay. It's the moment we've all been waiting for. We're really set to kick off our Radio Row at Home coverage. Usually, Monday at Radio Row features a few big names mulling around, and we're lucky enough to have one of them on the phone line with us right now. We're counting down to Bengals and Rams in the big game, and joining us on the phone for our first guest of Radio Row at Home week is 
Ross Tucker. Ross Tucker is a former NFL offensive lineman. He spent five years in the NFL. He was with the Patriots for a bit of time as well. So since then, he's become a real big media mogul. He's on Westwood One's coverage of the NFL. He was at the AFC title game on the sidelines for Bengals and Chiefs at Arrowhead. He's hosted the Dan Patrick Show. He has been everywhere. It's Ross Tucker. Ross, thanks for being with us. How are you? I am doing awesome, Brady. Thank you for having me. You got to refresh my memory, though, because I know we've met before. Where, uh, where exactly am I on right now? You are on right now in Vermont, New Hampshire, and Northern New York. We met at uh, one of multiple Super Bowls that you were at. I believe it was probably the Minneapolis one, if I'm remembering correctly. Could have been Atlanta, though. That's awesome. Okay, so like, what cities are we talking about? I'm we're talking. We're talking Burlington, Vermont, uh, all of Vermont, so central Vermont, the the, the ski belt, uh, Plattsburgh, New York, and uh, into New Hampshire as well. So we're, you know, uh, Paulie from the Dan Patrick Show, I know you're tight with them. He's got a house in Vermont, so we're heard all the way down towards where he's always uh, yucking it up. Well, I hate all of you guys because <laughs> I love skiing and I love IPAs, and you guys have the best of both. I want to switch with you guys. I'm so jealous of all of you that get to just ski and drink IPAs. You guys have the life up there. It is a pretty good life. It is a pretty good life. You know, before we get to the Super Bowl itself and you being on the uh, the field at the AFC title game, you mentioned drinking, so I'll go down that road. Obviously, we're in Tom Brady story mode here over the last several days. Weren't You were privy to one of the great Tom Brady beer chug stories, weren't you? Yes, I was. He... Uh, He's the best beer chugger I've ever seen. And I, I was I was in a fraternity in college. I thought nobody could ever beat Hoagie Havener from <laughs> college, but Brady's better. I mean, it was training camp in 06. Belichick took the, like, gave us the whole weekend off because he wanted to go see Harry Carson inducted into the Hall of Fame or something. And so we went to a barbecue joint, and I'll never forget, uh, they were starting to take bets on who would win, and there was a couple of rookie old linemen, Ryan O'Callaghan, Dan Stevenson, and Brady, and I was going to go with the kid from Notre Dame, and the, the veterans looked at me like, and Brady, I mean, it couldn't have come out faster, Brady Farkas, if Tom had just dumped it out. Could not have come out any faster. He smashed the cup like it was a Gronk spike. It was epic. I remember thinking, gosh, is this guy good at everything? <laughs> And that was only back in 06. Yeah, he was good at everything, and he stayed good at everything for a really long time. What was your overall experience like playing with Brady? What was it like, you know, as he is uh, a multi-time Super Bowl champion by the time you got to him, but he's not a full-throated veteran at that point? Yeah, he was, um, man, uh, he he was the most intense, self-motivated person I've ever been around. I think the number one story I tell a lot of times about Brady is that, you know, I didn't really play very much in New England. So this is the spring of 2006. It's like OTAs. You don't even have shoulder pads on. And I would be center sometimes, and Brady was quarterback. And he would come in the huddle, and he would look at me. He'd be like, all right, Ross, you and me, great snap first, great snap first. And I had started 25 games or something at that point, 45. is my sixth year in the league, I guess. And I was like, Okay, Tom. Okay. Like, he just was so intense about it. You know, 18 years I played football, never met anybody that cared as much 
about the quarterback center snap as Brady. I mean, it's unbelievable how much he cared about it. He wants everything to be perfect. He strives for every aspect of it to be perfect. That's just how he lives his life. Ross Tucker with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Former NFL player, now a broadcaster and a podcast host, so doing the full media thing. Ross, let me get you one more Patriots question. Um, Pats lose Josh McDaniels as their offensive coordinator. He goes to Vegas to become the head coach. How big a deal is that for a young quarterback like Mac Jones to lose that voice he had in his rookie year? I don't think it's good. Yeah, I don't think it's going to mean it, I, we'll see how big a deal it is. I think it depends on who Belichick hires and how things go from there. I know there's a lot of Bill O'Brien talk, but it's certainly not a positive. I mean, they, they often say that's a great way to actually go ahead and ruin, you know, a, a, uh, a young quarterback is by switching coordinators a lot. So, it's certainly less than ideal, that's for sure. You know, let's get to the Super Bowl, Bengals and Rams. You were on the field at the AFC title game. And here in New England, the comparison gets made a lot that maybe Mac Jones could become like Joe Burrow. There's some pretty good underlying metrics that show they were similar in their rookie year. What was it like watching Burrow up close, seeing him engineer a big comeback? Well, the thing i got to tell you about it, Brady, is I interviewed him right after the game. And if you check out my social media at Ross Tucker NFL, you can see it. He was the calmest guy I think I've ever interviewed in my life. Hmm. I mean, just so confident, just just totally giving the aura of this is what he thought he would do. You know, like it, it almost like it's almost like everything happened when he was expecting. I was only allowed to have three questions, and on my first question. He was so relaxed. I was like, Joe, you, you just won the AFC Championship game. You're going to the Super Bowl. You know, why, why are you so calm? He's like, oh, I was excited right after the game and up on the podium. But, you know, it's a little bit later. Now. I mean, it was I, I was blown away by just how chill he is. Certainly the story of the Super Bowl outside of Burrow and Stafford and the quarterback storylines is going to be the Bengals' offensive line and can they hold up against the Rams' defensive front. As a guy who played offensive line, what do you need against a Rams' front like that? Do you want do you want multiple help? Do you want multiple tight ends in there on the line? Like What, what can you do as an offensive line to kind of stave off the Rams' defensive front? Well, the biggest thing to me is – to slide the line to Aaron Donald. Have an Aaron Donald plan. I think the tackles might be okay, and you can have a tight end chip through or a back, but they rotate their right guards, Brady. Jackson, Carmen, and Adenogy, and you do not, do not want Aaron Donald one-on-one with those guys. So that's the thing that they're going to have to make sure that they have a plan for is Aaron Donald. Otherwise, I mean, he could just wreck the whole game. What happened to Mahomes in the second half and overtime with that AFC title game? I have no idea. I'm so glad you said that. I've been looking on Twitter. It doesn't seem like many people are talking about just how bad Mahomes played. I mean, I think I think it was almost... Like, after that last play, 
uh, at the end of the first half yeah. when he made the tactical error that I, I feel like it all went downhill from there. It's almost like he knew Andy Reid trusted him, Brady, and he didn't reward Andy Reid's confidence, his trust in him. And it was, I don't know what, it, it, but it, it definitely, definitely affected him. Well, Ross, I'll get you out of here on this. Again, you are everywhere over the last couple of years. Since I met you four years ago or whatever, you heard you're everywhere. You're hosting the Dan Patrick show at times. You're all over national radio. I see you everywhere in Westwood One, et cetera. You're also working on something. My what is myfrontpagestory.com? Is that what this is called? What is this other new venture you've got? Well, so it's a buddy of mine started it. He's a writer. It's the greatest Valentine's Day gift of all time. Hmm. You literally Talk to one of their writers for 10 minutes about your wife. They write the most unbelievable story about her. And then I've seen the videos of this now. It's amazing. You hand her this thing. She opens it up. I mean, it looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper, like the Boston Globe or something. And she'll be like, what is this? And you're like, babe, I wanted something special for you this year. So I had a story written about you. That will just blow, that will blow her mind. The whole concept that you have a story written about her will blow her mind. And when she actually reads the quotes and you're like, I just never tell her enough how much I appreciate all the little things she does for me and the family. Like she will cry. I've told her everything. I've seen it now. I've seen it now multiple times. She will cry. You will win myfrontpagestory.com. Well, what a cool idea that is as Valentine's Day is coming up. And those of us who aren't great writers can now have a little help here as we uh, get the perfect gift. So, Ross, man, we appreciate the time. Great to uh, to have you join us again, and uh, we look forward to doing it in the future. Enjoy the game, and we'll talk to you at some point down the line. My pleasure, Brady. Thank you so much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. And we'll send you some beer at some point soon. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't know what it's, what is it, the water? I don't know what it is, but... I, I could I could retire to Vermont and just ski <laughs> and drink beer, which is I know all you guys do. It's amazing. <laughs> well, it is pretty good. So there you go. Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. I I mean, so much good stuff there. That's part of the reason why I love Radio Row. Even though again, even that look the pandemic has showed me that you don't have to actually go to Radio Row to get these great interviews. I have sat down across from Ross before, and he's a, he's awesome in person. He was just as good there on the phone. I mean, w- listen, story there about Tom Brady drinking. What was the quote he said? He couldn't have, like, you couldn't have poured the beer out faster than Brady drank it. I mean, where else are you getting that info other than his old teammates? Good stuff there from Ross Tucker. And, look, as is typical of Radio Row, let me put out the kind of disclaimer on it now. Typically, when guys are at Radio Row, and Ross was actually at Radio Row, some of our other guests aren't going to be at Radio Row. They're just big names that we're bringing on. You always ask them about what kind of their other things they're working on ours or what they're working on ours. So that's where you get myfrontpagestory.com. But as seriously, as Valentine's Day comes about, I was looking it up as he talked about it. That's pretty darn cool. If you're looking for a Valentine's Day gift, myfrontpagestory.com. You know, some of these things that athletes are pushing or whatever, you're like, okay, that's not that interesting. That's actually that interesting. That's actually very, very cool and pretty darn affordable, too. So uh, I thought that was cool. Here's kind of the format of what we're going to do with our Radio Row interviews. We've got so many interviews coming up this week 
that what I'm having the staff do is, as the interviews happen, we're going to cut up the interviews so that we have all the interesting parts of the interviews kind of saved in a folder. Beginning next week, we're going to really start to react to what our guests told us this week. We've got so many guests, it's kind of hard to react in real time unless it's so major. So the staff is going to cut up the Ross interview, put the couple cuts that they like the best into a folder, and starting next week, we're going to kind of really, really react to them. But uh, my initial gut on what Ross tells me is basically it mirrors how we started the show. The number one priority for the Patriots, if they want to get back to the Super Bowl next year, the number one priority is hiring the right offensive coordinator. Because Ross said that his gut was that them losing Josh McDaniels is not a good thing. I think the exact quote was, I don't think it's good for Mac Jones, and it's not good. Losing a voice that you've become comfortable with is never a good thing. Change at such a young age is not a good thing. Disruption to the system and to your processes is not a good thing. The Patriots have to get this right. They have to get this right. Offensive coordinator is a huge thing for them. And, and to Ross's point, that kind of uh, entropy, I think that's a fancy word for change, not beneficial to Mac Jones and his development. It's the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. It is our radio row at home. Shout out to those of you watching on Facebook Live as well. We're going to have Miguel Benzen. He's coming up at about 640. He's known as at Pat's Cap on social media. We'll, we'll tell you about his story, too. The Napa Morrisville, Napa Waterbury text line is open. But first, we do this every single day. Let's get to who's saying what. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What did he say? Mac Jones. Good Lord. Mel Kuyper's got to slow down on this. Mac Jones ain't going to work, folks. It's not going to work. He's got to come to terms with it. It's not going to work. They really said that? Every damn thing is politics and race. And I'm losing my mind over it. It's time for Who's Saying What on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEB AM, FM, and WDEBradio.com. Who's Saying What is brought to you by Vermont Laser Wash. That's Central Vermont's home of unlimited car washes. It begins at just $20 a month. If you want one free car wash, well, just text the word Vermont to the number 30 and then 400. So unlimited car washes, 20 bucks a month. One free one, text the word Vermont to 30 and then 400. As we continue to talk about the Patriots and as we move fully into the Patriots offseason, there have been a few things I've heard recently that have just kind of really crystallized everything for me. And they've proven to me everything that I've been telling you. I want you to hear this. Aaron Goldhammer is a radio host. He hears where We hear him frequently on ESPN Radio nationally. He was talking about quarterback play in the NFL, and he was talking specifically about the AFC. And here's what he said. I want you to listen closely. Josh Allen might be on that level. And then if Burrow wins the Super Bowl, he joins that level. So then all of these Bengals, Bills, Bengals, Chiefs, Chiefs, Bills, all of those games, Monday nights and Sunday nights, and it just makes for must-see football. So that's Aaron Goldhammer of ESPN Radio, and he's talking about the AFC. And what did you hear? Well, I heard him mention Joe Burrow. 
I heard him mention Josh Allen. I heard him mention Patrick Mahomes. I heard him mention the Bengals. I heard him mention the Bills. And I heard him mention the Chiefs. He doesn't even mention the Patriots. Forget saying that they're as good. He doesn't even mention them. They are an afterthought to people. Mac Jones is an afterthought to people. That should be eye-opening to you. If you don't believe me, if you think I'm some kind of hater who's out against the Patriots, this is, I'm not being a hater, I'm being a realist. This is why I feel like I do. Teams don't fear the Pats anymore. Teams don't fear Mac Jones at all. So there's that comment from Aaron Goldhammer. Two weeks ago at the AFC Championship game, I heard Joe Burrow say that the Chiefs are the team that you have to go through if you want to be good in the AFC. That should frustrate you. That should worry you. That should bother you. The media has forgotten the Patriots in the AFC. The opponents in the AFC, they don't fear New England anymore. They see the Patriots as a, as a small speed bump. They don't see them as a full-out roadblock. For 20 years, you were the team that people feared. You were the team that other teams knew they had to go through. And now, you are not even on their radar. And that shows you where the Patriots are now. And it's unfortunate that that's where they are. But when I tell you that Mac Jones isn't special, and when I tell you that the Patriots should trade for Russell Wilson if they had the chance, that's why. Teams are looking past you. People are looking past you. The national media doesn't see you as a threat, and players as your own conference don't see you as a threat. And as we head into the real, as we head into the offseason, that's a sobering reality. And I'm disappointed that we're there. The Patriots are no longer viewed as elite. They are viewed in the same way that the Titans are, in the same way that the Colts are. They're viewed like a team who has nice pieces and a team that is good, but they're not a team that people are scared of. If you gave truth serum to teams in the NFL, a lot of them would tell you they would rather play the Patriots than the Bengals, the Bills, or the Chiefs. And a lot of them would say they'd rather play the Patriots than the Chargers, too, because of Justin Herbert. I want the Patriots to be great. I want them at this game next year. I want to go. I told you I don't need to go to Radio Row. If the Patriots are in it, I want to go back. I hope that I am doing this show from Glendale, Arizona next year and the Patriots are playing. But right now, it doesn't seem likely. They don't have the quarterback that's special enough to do it. And there's no fear there. People fear Patrick Mahomes. People fear Josh Allen. People now fear Joe Burrow. They don't fear Mac Jones. They don't fear the Patriots. They'd want to play the Patriots instead of those teams. That right there, if I'm the Pats or anybody on it, that is my biggest motivation heading into next season. How do we get back to being the team that other teams are afraid of? Because right now, we're just a speed bump to them.
when I heard Aaron Goldhammer not even mention the Patriots, I was like, wow. That, th- this is where we are. This is where the Patriots are. We, th- they're not even getting mentioned anymore. There was a nice seven-week stretch where the Pats took over all the national attention. And then once that fizzled out, they are now forgotten. How do we get it back? That's the number one question the Patriots need to answer. Well, number two, after hiring the right offensive coordinator. How do we get back to being feared? Mac Jones isn't, he doesn't put fear, this is what I've been trying to tell you. I'm not being a hater, I'm being a realist. Those teams that Aaron Goldhammer mentions, they have guys who scare you. They have guys who keep you up at night. Patriots don't have that. Bill Belichick scares an opponent more than Mac Jones does. And it shouldn't be that way. So that is why I've said trade for Aaron Rodgers if you could. Trade for Russell Wilson if you could. I don't know that you can, and I don't know that they will. In fact, they, I'm 95% sure they won't. But a, a month ago when we played Who Says No, Mac Jones and two first-round picks for Russell Wilson, I said that I would take it if I were the Pats. Russell Wilson makes you fearable. Mac Jones doesn't. It's the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Anthony says the same thing happened to the Cowboys when the Patriots took over. Anthony's saying that the Cowboys used to be feared. And, eh, is that right, though? The Cowboys were feared through the mid-'90s, of course. Were the Cowboys really feared up until 2001? I would say that the Rams put everybody feared the Rams for a small period of time. For a three to four year period, everybody everybody was scared about the Rams. The Rams were the it thing of the NFL for three to four years. I think that the Rams were kind of the team that the Patriots unseated. You know, the Baltimore was good. They had won a Super Bowl. Their defense was great. I'd still say the Rams were the team that people, you know, people most associated with fear. It's the Brady Farkas Show on DEV, Radio Row at home. Again, Miguel Benzin at Pat's Cap. I'll tell you his story. He's going to come up here in about 10 minutes. But when we come back, another thing that I said last week about UVM men's basketball, about UVM in general, I was proven right about. This weekend, I'll take a little victory lap and tell you what that was. That's next on DEV. Welcome back to Radio Row at Home on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com.
Welcome back in. Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Show brought to you in part by Pro Driver Training. That's Pro Driver Training, which is Vermont's premier truck driver training school. They've got facilities in Enosburg and in Milton. If you want to work on your Class A CDL, your Class B CDL, get some passenger and advanced skills training, book work, and real-life application of that book work, well, it could just be the next best move in your career track. So that's Pro Driver Training online at ProDriver.com. CDL.com. We go until 7 o'clock all 90 minutes today. Uh, Jazz with George Thomas is coming up following this show again right at 7 o'clock. Miguel Benzin's coming up in about 8 minutes from now. I'll tell you who he is and everything about his really unique story in just a couple of moments. But I gotta say, it doesn't always happen. But I love when I'm proven right about things. And I was proven right this weekend. Do you remember late last week, do you remember on Friday, when I told you that one of my big things was that UVM Athletics needed to find a way to get students to go to UVM men's basketball games? Do you remember this? We talked about it. I said that this team was so good it deserves student support and that the school needed to find a way to get the students involved. And I even mentioned some ideas, right? Giveaways, sponsors, et cetera, contests. That's how I said you could get students to go to games. And lo and behold, with the help of some Twitter sleuths that kept me in the loop, you know what we found out? That UVM's conference rivals are doing the exact same thing that I said to get their students to go to games. If other schools can do it, you can do it. Listen to this. UNBC was going to play New Hampshire on Saturday night. UMBC Athletics put out a two-minute video with their student-athletes, incredibly creative, and they appealed to Retriever fans, UMBC, to come out and go to the games. You know what they did? Students got free pizza just for showing up. Students who came got entered in a raffle to win things that college students would like, a Keurig, an air fryer. There was a chance to win a 70-inch big screen TV. They gave away replica UMBC jerseys to the first 75 students in the crowd. When is the last time that UVM Athletics did that for men's basketball? I've been here for six years. I don't remember one. I don't remember it happening one time. America East Championship game was a whiteout. Like, I guess that's it, but for... I need students to come to these games. These players deserve to play in front of a rowdy environment. Coach Brennan told us last week that the fans aren't doing enough. Well, that's because the fans aren't students. You've got to find a way to get the student population interested, engaged, and going. And these other schools, these schools in your league, they are finding ways to do it. UMBC plays in Baltimore. They play in a major metropolitan area where there's a lot of things to do. And they are finding creative ways to get their students there. UVM has no competition. Maybe that's why they don't feel the urgency to do these things. But the urgency to get students, it's there and it's real. I go, I go on Twitter and what do I see? Binghamton men's basketball. The first 400 people in the crowd Get miniature basketball hoops. Oh, that sounds perfect for a college dorm room decoration. UVM, nothing. 
This isn't that hard. Yes, college kids need to be bribed. That is true. They need something to go to the game. Just being a very good team is not enough. But UVM, the athletic department, and the school has great relationships with the community. Great relationships with sponsors. Great relationships with partners. Great relationships with alumni. There are people there. There are people to choose from who can sponsor on-court contests at media timeouts. Hey, as I told you on Friday, if you can hit a, a... uh, layup, a free throw, a three-and-a-half-court shot in 30 seconds, you get free tuition for a semester. I mean, you can do that. That is That opportunity is there. It's not likely that someone's going to win it. You're not going to be asking someone to fork over a hundred grand. You'd be lucky if one person can do it. You could run it every game, and you may never have to have any of your partners give away a cent. Hey, if you can hit... Uh, a corner three, you win free pizza for your dorm room. Okay. How many pizza sponsors do we have that would love to be a part of that? This isn't that hard. If UMBC can give away replica jerseys and, and Keurigs and air fryers, UVM can find some hook to get students there. It's not that hard. It shouldn't be that hard. This team is 10-0. and 0 inside league play. They're going to play Binghamton on Wednesday looking to move to 11-0. and And I promise you, of 3,000 fans that are there, less than 15% will be students. And you'll all tell me that it's because of you have to wear a mask. That, look, I'm sure that that is a deterrent. College kids don't want to wear masks at games. I totally get it. That's a this-year problem. This problem persists every year. We have this same conversation every year. It is not just a mask thing. It wasn't a mask thing in 2019, 18, or 17 since I've been here. It's the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. The Napa Morrisville, Napa Waterbury text line is open, as is the Facebook live chat. I, I just... You have so many partners if you're UVM. You have so many people and businesses that you could draw on to make fun interactive to make your game experience better the game experience at uvm men's basketball is not great the game itself is good the on-court product is good everything else not great it's supposed to be a show and it doesn't feel like a show i'm not trying to radically commercialize UVM Athletics. I'm not trying to take away the main objective, which is the game, but you need things to be entertaining around the game. It is sports. It is entertainment. The college kids, they need to be entertained. They need to know they can win something. There's got to be something in it for them. We did it when I worked at UAlbany. UMBC is doing it. Binghamton is doing it. And you are not, and you should be. 10 and 0 this team is in league play. 11-0 they are shooting for on Wednesday night, and you're not going to see a huge student presence. I can only hope that when, when this program gets to the Terrence Center, when they get to the new building, that there's a dedicated student section and there's a, re, 
imagining of how the in-game experience can be because just having a good team just isn't enough for the college students. It's the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Okay, Radio Row at Home, interview number two. We got him queued up? We do. Okay, it's Miguel Benzin. If you don't know this name, you should, Patriots Nation. Miguel Benzin is a fan just like you and me, okay? Just like you and me. He's been a Pats fan for a long time. He is the guru of all things Patriots salary cap related. And the minute a Pats transaction happens, he's on social media and he's got what the impact is on the cap situation. He's on Twitter, at Pats Cap. At Pat's cap. And he is, he doesn't work for the team. He's one of the most influential people in the Patriots blogosphere and Twitter sphere. It's Miguel Benzin at Pat's cap. Normal guy. Just one of us. Miguel, welcome to the show here on Radio Row at Home. A fan full of fans. <laughs> I appreciate you being with us. You do a great service on social media to all of Patriots Nation. I got to ask you, though, man. It's really hard. Like, trying to figure out NFL salary caps is like studying hieroglyphics. Like, how do you do this as a part? This is a hobby for you. How do you understand this stuff this well? I, I've always been going math. I think I got I, I to gotta say I probably got it from my parents, um, my math ability. So, like, uh, you know, it's, I think I got it from my parents. And it just, it's one of those things when I first started doing it, I remember reading in – I don't remember the order. I just remember the two newspapers. One day in the Boston Herald, I, wrote, I heard a number, read a number for Ted Johnson. Next day, Boston Globe, or vice versa, was a different number. That is, a, as a math person, that didn't make any sense to me. So I decided, well, geez, I should just try to keep track of this stuff. I know back then I knew the cap was important. All right, so I decided to just keep track of it myself. You have a real job. You have a real life. You have a real family. Yeah. How much time do the Patriots take up? Of your day each My day. wife will say too much. <laughs> <laughs> I am sure. Um, has anybody at the team ever contacted you about anything? They've never, never DM me saying my numbers were wrong. The, the I know the Patriots organization members that follow me on Twitter. I've mm. never got a DM saying your numbers are wrong. I they know of me. I just. They know of me, and that's all I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, I remember when Tom Conn wrote a story about me in 2002, he showed my, my, my webpage then, which is really basic. And the, I guess the person commented, he's close, but he's not accurate. He's not, back then, I wasn't as accurate as I am now. I'm, real, I'm really close to the numbers now. Like, I'm like, at the end of the season within thousands of the ending cap number the other like the other sites were millions of dollars off i was within thousands you have inspired a whole group of amateur capologists i see there's a texans cap page i think there's a bears cap page are you aware that you have such an influence I, around I am, all of I the am, NFL world? i'm the first person to ever create a web page dedicated to a team salary cap the other amateur capologists call me the og 
you know, Miguel, I wish the Patriots were playing in this Super Bowl. But so for us, the next thing is trying to figure out how can they get back to their next Super Bowl. So let's talk a little yes. bit about their offseason situation. We had Phil Perry of NBC Sports Boston on yes. a couple weeks ago, and he had spoken with you. You thought that the Pats would go into this offseason with about $4 million in cap space by the time bonuses are attributed yeah, yeah. and all that. Is that yeah. about right, $4 million? $4 million is now five, is close to five now. But that's what I was projecting a second round. That, remember that, folks? That number, I'm projecting a second round tender, restricted free agent tender to, to Jacoby Myers. So that's why my number is lower than the other websites. Miguel Benzin, he's at Pat's Cap on Twitter. He's here with us on Radio Row at Home on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Patriots have a lot of needs, Miguel. We wanted to get an edge rusher. We wanted yes. another wide receiver, another DB. We wanted to bring back J.C. Jackson, guys on the offensive line. How can they do this with $5 million? <laughs> They're going to have to create cap space. So I got I got different ways for them to get there. So I'm just going to scroll over. To my off-season plan, okay, if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah. What do you got for us? Okay, so let's start out with the five million dollars. Okay, let's keep it. If I convert most of Matthew Judon's salary into signing bonus, that gets me six point four three million dollars. I convert Jalen Mills. All right, that gets me two point three one million dollars. I extend Darvon Garcia, gets me two point seven. I extend Hunter Henry, that gets me five million dollars. Jake Bailey's salary goes up from from nine hundred sixty five thousand dollars to three point nine million dollars because he made the Pro Bowl in two thousand twenty. All right, that would make him the second highest paid in terms of cap number of any pender pender in the league in two thousand twenty two, and the highest cash in two thousand twenty two. I don't think after last season he's that going forward. Going forward, I don't think he's worth that those numbers. So you work you. Use 2021 to sign him to a long-term deal, a team-friendly deal. So you create $2.421 million in cap space. I know we're only only for 10 to 11 minutes, so I'm going to go short. So I would cut Henry Anderson, Calvin Noy, Nikhil Harry, Jonathan Jones. I would um, extend um, Nelson Aguilar, which would be a conversion, to, you know, saying, but and then I would convert salary for – Kenner Bourne and Shaq Mason. I'm up to now $43 million in cap space. Mm. Okay, so then you, if you, I'm, after I account for the liabilities, the in-season operating expenses, that gives me about $32 million in cap space to do something. And I haven't even touched the deal by Isaiah Wynn. Yeah. Was it better for the Patriots money-wise to sign J.C. Jackson to a long-term deal franchise tag him or let him walk roster wise you i think you want to keep jc jackson on yeah cap wise you definitely want to sign him to a long-term extension all right you it's they have until july 15th if they tag him to reach to a long-term extension so big question i always get on, on twitter is how much will it cost to save sign the driving draft picks I like to remind people while well, they can they'll draft the players in april they don't need to sign them until like a week before training camp. Mm -hmm. There's no competitive advantage gained by signing the players in May. In May, no competitive advantage is lost by signing them in, in, in July. 
You talk about so re-signing J.C. Jackson. I'm a fan of that as well. Yes. That's going to take up a significant portion of yes. that projected $32 million. Can the team go get Devontae Adams? That's what I really want to know. They need a wideout. Can they afford Devontae Adams? <laughs> <laughs> Devontae Adams is not going to – the Packers will tag him, all right? And let's just remember, the Patriots only have six draft picks right now, all right? So they're not in the top – they're in the bottom half in terms of draft capital. So this idea that they can beat out the teams who've got, like, the Philadelphia Eagles who've got three number ones, the Jets who have multiple picks in the first and second round for any player like a Devontae Adams or Calvin Ridley, that's just wishful thinking. And, Brady, you thinking that says, I'm never going to invite you to my fantasy football team because you're going to be offering me lousy <laughs> trades. <laughs> I think they're more in line. I don't think they can get Devontae Adams either. I'm more in line. I don't think they can get Odell Beckham or any of those big names. I, mean, I mean, of all... Any veteran player who wants to play for the Patriots at a team-friendly deal, they can get. I'm more in line with thinking they could get, like, Allen Robinson. That's a guy who I think is maybe a realistic target for them. <sighs> yeah, he's realistic because he's not going to have that much. He would want to. Oh, man, see, he's one. Does he want to play with a rookie? He has to think. He has to believe in Mac Jones. Do you believe but, in Mac Jones? We've talked a lot about Mac Jones. Oh, my gosh. I am, I am a big-time believer. Yeah, so what do you like about Mac so much? Because I, I like Mac, too. I just don't think Mac is transcendent. And that's okay. He's got some time to try to prove me wrong. But yeah, I just I like his accuracy. I like his intelligence. I like his competitiveness. I like the fact that after the Cowboys and threw that, tick, that pick six in the Cowboys game, he threw a, a, a touchdown pass to Kendrick Bourne. Miguel, we appreciate the time. As always, happy Super Bowl week to you. Thanks for being part of our Radio Row at home. And uh, we'll talk to you again, I'm sure, later this offseason. See you later, Brady. Absolutely. Miguel Benzin, a.k.a. at Pat's Cap. Pretty amazing. Just a regular guy, good at math, good at accounting, and dedicated to the cause. He is absolutely a top resource for Patriots Nation. So, uh, at Pat's Cap on Twitter. If you are, by the way, um, so inclined, I know that one of the things that Miguel is working with that's very near and dear to him is the Hartford, Connecticut Habitat for Humanity. I know, you know I see this cause he's working with on social media. So, again, I always ask, you know, usually the Radio Row people, if we're there, we're always asking them other things they're involved in. I know that Miguel is involved heavily in the Hartford, Connecticut Habitat for Humanity. If you are willing or able to donate, if you enjoy Miguel's work, which he puts out for free, then that is a spot where you can direct some thanks to. TJ says, Brady, love the show. You're spot on with the UVM take. They have truly missed many opportunities to engage the student body. The hockey games used to be packed back in the day. They throw out pucks and T-shirts during intermission. I honestly question our commitment to athletics with the long-term vision. We get the new arena, so what? That helps recruiting. But if we can't fill the seats with the student body and create that culture, I have to say it is frustrating. I grew up when the gut was packed every weekend with students, fans, etc. We need to get back to that. That's a fair question of how committed to athletics is UVM. That's a fair question. And... It's one that I've thought about. It's one I will continue to think about. 
It's one I will ask Coach Brennan about when he is with me tomorrow. Now, tomorrow's interview with Coach Brennan is not going to air live on the air here. It's going to be on our podcast channel on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And as we are doing with all of our interviews from this week, we're going to cut them up and bring a lot of the talking points into next week's show. So, the uh, you know, I will ask Coach Brennan that. It's likely that... I talk about it next week or maybe later in this week. We're so slammed with Radio Row stuff. But that is a fair question. The commitment to UVM Athletics. That text is going to stick with me, TJ. So I uh, appreciate you. So great stuff from Miguel. Again, that's at Pat's Cap. What we will do is we'll step aside briefly. We'll come back and we'll wrap up our Radio Row at Home Day 1. That's next on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM and FM. Welcome back to Radio Row at Home on the Brady Parker Show on WDEVAM FM and WDEVRadio.com. Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show here on DEV. Thanks to Danny McKivergan, the director and producer of Vermont Viewpoint with Rick Sangari for putting together these Radio Row at Home returns. TJ follows up and says he appreciates our show and uh, appreciates me asking the questions that need to be asked. Well, TJ, I appreciate you listening and you spurred on that question. Again, I will ask Coach Brennan about what he thinks the college's commitment is to athletics as well. Um, Radio Row at Home, day one, is in the books. And, and we're, we're following the actual script from Radio Row. Day one, couple of guests. Day two, couple more. Day three, couple more. Day four, day five. And we will go as such. Tomorrow, we've got a huge show planned. How about this? How about former UVM hockey standout, NHL veteran, and Olympian for Team USA, Aaron Miller, is stopping by the show tomorrow. How about former number two pick in the NFL draft, the biggest bust in NFL draft history, question mark. Ryan Leaf is stopping by the show tomorrow as well. We're working on confirming one other for tomorrow. We've got some great stuff planned for Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday as well. You're going to want to follow the podcast channel on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We're going to have a bunch of extra stuff. They're flooding our podcast channel too, so thanks to Ross Tucker today. Thanks to Miguel Benzin, a.k.a. at Pat's Cap, for being with us. And, uh, well, one day down, four more to go. The guest list continues to grow from here, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun, everybody. So Radio Row at home. I told you, we didn't need to go to L.A. We're bringing L.A. to you. So we'll continue to get ready for Bengals and Rams all week, continue to address the Patriots, UVM as well. I'm, I can't wait for the next four days, everybody. It's my favorite week of the radio calendar, and uh, we're back at it again tomorrow. Jazz with George Thomas, that's coming up next, 7 until 9, and then ESPN Radio right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and streaming at WDEVradio.com.